Good evening, and welcome to episode 18 of Nightmare Theater. Tonight we're going to be talking about shared dreams and nightmares. Uh, last week you may recall that the internet went out, uh, not really sure what happened there, but I did do a speed test before this, and my internet speed is actually 50% faster than I'm even paying for, so hopefully we don't have any issues this week. There's also some uh, talking going on in the hall behind me, I hope that you can't hear that, but that's never stopped us before. So, without further ado, let's check out this presentation. Wow, I have a lot of windows open. Alright, so, shared dreams, shared nightmares. Shared dreams are also known as mutual dreams. So you can engage in mutual dreaming with one person uh, or with many people. and. Basically, it's when you're sharing the same dream environment. So, like False Awakening, the idea was popularized by the movie Inception. In internet folklore, uh, there are thought to be different types of shared dreams between individuals. And in some internet circles, it's also believed that shared dreams can happen spontaneously, or they can be planned. Um, there are most common... Sorry. I haven't talked all day. And then all of a sudden I talk non-stop for an hour, so my throat is like, what are you doing? <laughs> what is this? Uh, so, right, so they're most common between people who are emotion emotionally close, such as couples, siblings, uh, parent to child, or best friends. Twins may be especially prone to share dreams, according to the internet, and they may happen between complete strangers as well, although this is thought to be more rare. We don't hear about this often, since the strangers would have to later meet, of course, and compare their dreams. Following uh, are some of the ways in which this fascinating phenomenon may manifest. And another note, uh, just on shared nightmares between strangers, wouldn't it be interesting if every person you don't know you, that you see in a dream is someone else in the real world? <laughs> I find that uh, interesting. So, popping in, this is sort of the most brief encounter that you might have while sharing a dream or a nightmare. So this is where one person is having a dream, already in progress, when another person suddenly pops in. Invited or uninvited? I'm not sure what invited would mean. But the second dreamer, the one making the guest appearance, may have had the first person strongly on their mind before sleep, and may or may not have any conscious awareness of the dream visitation let alone remember the encounter the next day upon waking. Similarly, the first person who is just minding their own dream business may or may not remember the visit from the guest who popped in. People often ask when they dream of another person, does it mean that that person really came to visit them? Or was it that person, uh, or was that person thinking or dreaming of them too? This is especially common fascination when the person we dream about is a love interest of former partner with whom we wish to rekindle, which is a very common dream as well. I see that on dream interpretation subreddit all the time. Probably like the most common dream actually that people ask to be interpreted. I think they're hoping that there's an answer to it, you know. Uh, well, not the norm or highly likely, it is actually possible. Often these types of dreams will reflect our feelings about the person in the dream. Uh, as you can tell, this is from an internet article that I'm, I'm reading and it's sort of, this person definitely believes that this is real, like that you are sharing dreams. So just, just for a bit of context there. The dream may outline relationship dynamics or the person may even represent part of our own psyche. One distinguishing characteristic that may provide as a clue uh, sorry, provide a clue as to the nature of the visitor, the actual person's consciousness versus dream character, is the popping in effect, or interrupted quality of the dream that's already happening. This has been a, a documented phenomenon in psychic dream research, as well as after-death visitation dreams, uh, and one of these markers of a visitation-type experience. Intuitive signals are also commonly described as thoughts, feelings, or visions that pop into our consciousness in the same manner. One way to verify would be to check in with the other person. 
which may or may not be possible, especially if the other person does not recall any dreams from the previous night. And this still does not rule out the possibility of the occurrence. Another type of shared dream or nightmare is referred to as meshing. So this is sort of the basic level of shared dreams above a pop-in, in which some of the elements overlap, but the entire dreams of the different people are not exactly the same. So the dreams may share common characters, settings, or storylines, which the dreamers may or may not have uh, had actual waking life experiences with. Sometimes sharing a common waking experience can contribute to dream meshing. For example, if two people have watched the same movie one night, then both dreamed about some of the characters and settings, or perhaps they shared an experience, such as going to a museum, and they both dreamed about things that they saw or experienced at the museum, but the entire dreams were not exactly the same. Meshing dreams may be incubated by sharing an experience, then talking about it before sleep, and finally intending uh, to the dream about the experience. So you can kind of create a, a self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense by like, especially if you're like seasoned lucid dreamers or whatnot, and you can really control uh, what it is, then, you know, the dreamscape itself, then you might be able to, you know, go experience something with someone else. And then you might happen to have sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy in terms of the dreams that you share or appear to share both having uh, dreams about the same thing you experienced. You can try meth uh, meshing with a friend as an experiment. So there's actually detailed outlines for how you, can, how you can go about trying to do this. So you should find a meshing dream partner willing to try this experiment. That's the first step. Choose an activity to do together during the waking day. Maybe go to a sports event, go hiking in the countryside or to the zoo, watch a movie, something like that. Before you go to sleep that night, discuss your memorable experience with your meshing dream partner. Talk about elements that you found most interesting and set a clear intention to dream about your shared experience. So yeah, both, and you could probably enhance this with lucid dreaming techniques, like meditating on the experience, like as you're falling asleep. Ideally, you'll dream about your waking experience or a closely related theme. If you become lucid, all the better, the article says, and I, I agree. Seek out your meshing partner in the dream and have a lucid conversation with them. When you wake up, write down all the details of the dream, including the time that you think it happened. Compare those notes with your partner and see how many dream symbols you can match. Don't influence each other's dream reports uh, prior to writing them down. Uh, if you both uh, report a dream conversation, pay particular attention to the details. This would be a nice example of a prearranged meshing dream. There's nothing paranormal about this experiment, of course. It's essentially a form of dream incubation. It's a pretty good demonstration of how our thoughts and experiences influence our dreams, even more so when there are compelling or novel experiences. So you could almost create this would be an interesting thing to do, but you could almost create an experience of a shared uh, dream. You know, last week I didn't have the music playing for the presentation, and I feel like I was able to actually think more clearly without the music. And now that the music's playing, it's like distracting me almost. But I like it. I think it's a good. Uh, it's a good touch. So a meeting. So this is sort of the next or maybe even the highest level of a shared dream or mutual uh, dreams and nightmares. So a meeting dream is where two or more people interact in the dream world and may communicate with each other. This experience is less common than meshing dreams, and it does imply telepathic communication between dreamers. So this is the parapsychology of it. This is where it gets sort of crosses into the supernatural. Um, there is an experiment you can do to try to make this happen as well. So it involves, first of all, of course, trusty number step. Step number one is find a meeting dream partner. Uh, if you have friends who lucid dream, try to invite them to do this experiment for you. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Seek out others on a dream forum is one of the tips. That would be kind of a weird thing, but there you go. I mean, maybe not. Some people are really into this. I should be really into this. This is what I'm, this is what I do every week. 
Anyway, the goal is to have a lucid dream at the same time, on the same date, and you both remember to enact the meetup. Select a location to meet up in. If you both live locally, you might choose a familiar place, like a park or town center. So this is, you don't have to be there physically. This is in the dream. Intend to have a dream about that shared location. Uh, otherwise, you can choose a famous meeting spot like Stonehenge or the Eiffel Tower. Make sure you know your destination in detail so you both have the same location in mind to meet. If you both do this, uh, visit the same location at the same time in your lucid dream, it could simply be a meshing dream, a coincidence. So you need to go one step further by having an unpredicted conversation. Share something you've never told them before and make up a code word on the spot. By, re uh, by reporting the same unique conversation, you would generate anecdotal evidence of mutual dreaming that could warrant further investigation. These dreams can sometimes have a precognitive element to them as well, uh, where you see or you both share the experience of an event that later occurs. Uh, and meetings and meshings can also involve more than just two people as well. Like you could do this as a group. Um, and so I have an example of a meeting. Um, so this is the example writing here. My sister and I were on a camping trip, sleeping in the same tent near each other. Sorry. I woke myself up talking in my sleep. And then my sister answered me. I thought, oh, how embarrassing. I fell asleep while we were talking. But, I, but as I gained wakeful consciousness, I looked over and she was actually fast asleep. I tried saying something else to her, curious if she would respond again from her sleeping dream state, but this time she did not. I later learned that being in the same type of brainwave state may be condu uh, conducive to facilitating these types of experiences. When we have REM dreams, we are predominantly the alpha brainwave state, and when we wake up, beta brainwaves usually take over. This theory fits with my experience that we were able to talk in our sleep, both being in alpha brainwaves. But when I woke up, there was no longer reaching. I was no longer reaching her as she was in a different brain wavelength state. So this is his conjecture here. The next day I asked her if she remembered any dreams. She said yes, and told me the first half of the dream, when it matched exactly what I had dreamed. I stepped in and finished uh, the dream by telling her the rest of it and as I experienced it. She said, how did you know? I explained to her how I woke up and we were sleep talking together. So I suspected we were sharing a dream and now it was confirmed. So that's interesting. So they had a conversation that they both remembered having while asleep. I mean, I suppose another possibility is that <laughs> counter to what he's saying here about um you know being in REM sleep it could be that they were both in uh, deep sleep and that they had delta brainwaves although i don't think the brainwaves matters but what does matter is that you'd be able to talk in deep sleep so it could be that they actually had a conversation out loud and uh, i think sleepwalking and night terrors are familial as well so it would make sense if both a brother and sister had it so like some of these things are, there are alternative explanations for them. But it's also believed that you can share dreams with animals. So again, having a close emotional bond is thought by the internet to play a role here. So as long as you're well connected to your pet, this is possible in internet theory. So a woman had a dog, this is an example. A woman had a dog who she called Leo because to her, she looked like a little lion. One night, she dreamed that she was in her living room, and there was a little lion, about the size of her dog, sitting on her couch, playing with a toy. As she woke up, the dog was making funny sounds, and it appeared he was also dreaming. He woke up shortly and proceeded to venture straight out to the living room, jumped on the couch, and looked as though he were searching for something in the exact spot the woman had seen him playing with his toy. While we can't ask the dog what he was dreaming about, it seems likely that they were dreaming about the same thing, each from their own perspective of human and animal. 
Another man was away on business and left his dog with a friend. The plan was for the dog to stay in the house with her, but one night he dreamed that his dog was in a barn with farm animals. He called his friend the next day, and she told him that the dog had escaped from the house the, the night before and spent the night in the barn. I mean, the first one is certainly an interesting case, but the second example, I don't know if you could call that a mutual dream, because, I mean, maybe he just knows that his friend has a barn. We don't really, there's nothing to indicate that the dog was having a dream about him being there. You know, yeah, he spent the night in the barn. I mean, that just seems like something a dog might do. So there have been some, like, actual studies in the field of parapsychology, and, uh, these studies have been into dream telepathy, which would be, you know, what is required for the meeting to take place. Um, so many exper experiments on telepathic dreaming have been done, but none have produced replicable results. Freud was the one who first documented it, and he seems to have a toe in just about every doorway we poke our heads into on this show. There have been many experiments done to test the validity of dream telepathy and its effectiveness, but with significant issues in blinding. Many test subjects find ways to communicate with others to make it look like telepathic communication. Attempts to cut off communication between the agent, sender, and receiver of information failed because subjects found ways to get around blindfolds, no matter how intricate and covering they were. In studies at uh, Maimonides Medical Center in Brooklyn, New York, led by Stanley Krippner and Montague Ullman, who's pictured here. Patients were monitored and awakened after a period of REM, and then separated to study the claimed ability to communicate telepathically. They concluded the results from some of their experiments supported dream telepathy statistically. So they found statistically significant evidence that there was dream telepathy going on where they showed someone an image and then they were able to report that to someone else via a dream. This study received harsh criticism for having poor controls. Uh, an attempt was done to replicate the experiments that used picture targets and was carried out by Edward Belvedere and David Fulks. Uh, the finding was that neither the subject nor the judges matched the targets with dreams above chance level. So it wasn't any more likely than random chance to guess what the picture was. And other attempts have been made to replicate the study that have yielded similar results that the, the dreamers weren't able to replicate what they could have done anyway with chance. Um, so... I don't know if any of you have heard of Elon Musk's company Neuralink, one of the many neat things that he does, but it's essentially trying to develop a chip that can interface directly with the human brain in order to increase the bandwidth of uh, information processing we can do uh, and information sharing, I guess, with the real world. But it's an interesting possibility maybe in the future. This is all my conjecture here. but. Maybe in the future we could share thoughts and dreams if we have these brain chips and we could like connect to other people's and we could have real like mutual lucid dreaming together. That would be like next level. Like we already enjoy, you know, like playing video games together, but imagine being in a dream with someone and it's like a real dream and you're creating it as you're going along. I mean, people are never going to want to wake up, but that seems like an interesting possibility in the future. Uh, as well as, you know, potentially sharing your memories with someone. Can you imagine that? I mean, even like the traumatic ones, like if you were really getting to know someone, like that would probably like come up. That's kind of an interesting thought. Um, yeah, I don't want to get too far into futurology, but yeah, there you go. I hope the stream didn't go down while I couldn't see. All right, it looks like we're good. Okay, let me check the comments. This all sounds super impossible. <laughs> Would be cool though. Yeah, I mean it definitely sounds super impossible with current technology. Maybe he knows his dog well enough to anticipate it running away. Exactly, yeah. There, there are a lot of um, alternative explanations for many of these things. Uh, especially with the... Maybe the dog sits on the couch all the time, right? Like, we don't really know what uh, what the behavior is, but the owner would. Um, but still, 
I actually kind of do really hope like in the future we can get some of that Neuralink stuff going. Like I think that'd be really cool sharing dreams with people. Uh, I should also mention, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, but we do have a couple of viewer submitted nightmares at the end. So 10 minutes till the end, I'll get into those. Uh, again, if anyone has any nightmares that they want me to read, you can send them to theforgottengrove at gmail.com. Or if they're short ones, you can just post them in the chat and I'll be happy to read them. So until that time, let's read some nightmares from Reddit. The Nightmares subreddit specifically. This is a post by a user named War Turtle with a Helmet. The post is titled, Nightmare I Had Last Night. The post reads, Hi everyone, I'm new to this sub, but I thought I'd share my nightmares I had last night and hear people's thoughts about them. I only remember bits and pieces, but it's scary enough for me to remember the most horrifying parts. The details I remember is seeing someone who looked almost corpse-like but a normal head. They sat up and said something like, she got me, before I heard an old lady's voice say something like, and you'll be next. Suddenly, another body sat up behind the man, but the body had no head. The man was standing now, before my body went stiff and fell over. The other person disappeared as long fingers reached for my face. An almost demonic looking elderly woman's face appeared in my view. Her face seemed sewed onto her head, like neck down was sewed uh, to her head. Okay. Oh, was also sewed to her head. I can't remember if her body was the man's or an aged, decaying body, but I digress. I was fully paralyzed, and this woman was standing over me. He had a hand that slowly reached my f for my face, right before her hand touched my face. Uh, she spoke again and said something like, I'm going to have fun with you. My vision then disappeared and my body felt like it wasn't my own. My face felt like it was on someone else. I then looked down and saw that I had an old, rotting body like the woman's with bumpy, wrinkled skin. After I woke up from fear, some of that may be wrong. I, uh, as I have forgotten some of the nightmare, but I've done my best to remember. I later also had another nightmare about an old woman, but that's a story for another time. I do find it disturbing, however, that two of my nightmares I had last night were both related to an old woman. If you have any thoughts about this nightmare, free, feel free to let me know. Hmm. I mean, at first I thought it was sleep paralysis, like 100%. So one of the, you know, classic sleep paralysis demons, if you check... Uh, I think my third video ever is the old hag. Uh, I also made a TikTok about it. Shout out to my TikTok. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, and you you described the feeling of being paralyzed. I wonder because you said that you woke up after it, so obviously it wasn't sleep paralysis. But I do wonder if maybe you've had sleep paralysis in the past, and uh, you know, the, again, the old hag being a common demon, she's known to reach over you. She's known to suffocate you. Uh, and she's known to put pressure on your chest. Now, that you didn't describe anything like that, but you also described uh, noticing that your skin was gone or something was wrong with, with your body below your head. And that could be related to the sensation of paralysis, right? Just something being wrong below your head. Um, But yeah, knowing that it's a dream rather than a nightmare, I'm not really sure. Like, I don't think that there's anything here on my dream chart, whoops, on my dream chart about an old woman nightmare. Like, I don't think that that's a known thing. And I'm not sure what the significance of her face being new, or the new face sensation with the body being old. I mean, that sounds like it could be something like a fear of uh, being false or not true to yourself or something someone's not being true to you i'm going to have fun with you oh no come on my light died i thought that i charged it a couple streams ago oh i turned it on again okay no it's, it's not having any of that yeah okay all right so unfortunately i've made this mistake again one of the classic blunders <laughs> my light dying there there it is 
Um, so yeah, I'm total darkness great. Uh, but you'll be able to see me when I uh, when I go to these uh, nightmares. But yeah, that's that's the best interpretation I've got. Um, sorry, that, that that's kind of tricky. Like I, I I've never read anything about an old woman specifically and what that might represent. I should maybe make a note of that and explore that later. Uh, sorry about my light. I can't believe this happened again. I should keep better track of that. I think it's because I'm using it for more stuff now. Anyway, this is a post by a user named Western Jester. The post is titled, I had a nightmare in which I was the monster, kinda. The post reads, Okay, so me and a group of people I know, uh, and two who I don't know, but were in the dream they were friends. We were climbing up the hill to my house. There was a party happening at my house, and my friends and I decided to shoot them up. What? <laughs> like, plane up, take guns, and kill everyone. Oh, that is literally what he means. Oh, wow, okay. So we came to my house and shot everyone until nobody was left. But the worst thing is, these weren't some basic, blurry meshes of people. All of them were real people. Children, adults, women, men. Different hair colors, eye color, facial features, body size, everything. And we just kept shooting. Sometimes I'd shoot someone and ask them if they wanted to die, and they'd say yes, and then I'd kill them. And I didn't feel guilt until I killed the last person. The bodies were somehow gone, and I was scared my parents were going to find out. The friends, in quotes, were sitting on the couch and asked me why I was tearing up. I yelled, because we killed someone. And yeah, now it sounds stupid, but the genuine pain I felt in my voice stuck with me throughout most of the day. My friends then called me annoying and a coward. And then I woke up feeling guilty. Even if it was a dream, and the moments when I woke up and started realizing it wasn't real was the biggest relief of my life. Talk about it. Tell me about it, I mean. Uh, thanks for reading. I really have nightmares, so this one really shook me up. Okay, good. Looks like you can see me well enough when I don't have OBS open. Um, so, I mean, I I, I knew I now have to open OBS. Maybe I'll open it over here so you can still see some light. But this is a, a classic being the aggressor dream. So if you look down, like fourth from the bottom, feelings of guilt, being afraid about getting caught with something that you're hiding. So this depends on the dream, essentially. Um, and. I mean, in this case, it's it's guilt. So and it's both guilt and a fear of getting caught. Uh, it almost sounds like a high school party. You know how you're like afraid your parents are gonna find out. Like, oh guys, we have to clean up the mess before my mom comes home. Like that type of thing. Except instead of you know, red solo cups, it's like blood everywhere <laughs> and like people dead. Um, yeah, but yeah, that would be a relief. I can definitely imagine that. Um, yeah, but that's a very easy one to interpret. Like, it and it doesn't mean that you feel guilty in real life that maybe you murdered someone. It just means like, you could feel guilty about anything essentially. Um, so, and it does sound like your friends play a role in this. It's like, there's some peer. There's like a peer pressure element to this dream. Like maybe they uh, are telling you to do something that your parents, uh, you know, discouraged. You know, maybe it's like some smoking a joint or whatever right like like maybe your friends are like oh come on don't be a wimp whatever like and and yeah you have this like fear of your parents uh retaliation and the feeling of guilt because they instilled that into you so yeah i think that's a pretty easy one to interpret i should catch up with my chat i would love to have the same dream as my dog um the dog's dream is there evidence for this I feel like I've seen fluffy dream. Eyes rapid and making body movements. I suspect their brains need to do it, as do ours. Maybe. So, yes, we know for sure. Haha. -ha. Yeah. I think uh, there's a lot of, I think, anecdotal evidence that suggests dogs and cats dream, as well as cows. I talked about that in one episode, but I don't remember which one. Um but onto another nightmare. 
This is a post by a user named Teokill. The post is titled, Don't Go in the Closet. The post reads, Last night, I had this nightmare that woke me up at 1am, an hour after I fell asleep at 12am. Very precise. Excuse me. The dream is pretty mundane at first. I'm in my prior home, in my bed, just standing around with not much going on. I suddenly acknowledge my walk-in closet. The light is on. This closet isn't very big. Large enough to stand in if you're desperate. You can squeeze a small desk in there. Inside the closet was a built-in shelf with tons of random, non-specific stuff on it. The corner of the blanket uh, tucked under some things, allowing it to hang off the shelf. It juts to outwards more than it should. There's a lump under it, in the shape of a human head. However, I see no person under the blanket. I don't know why, but I walked into the closet and stood in front of the blanket, pushing on it. Almost like hands, but they felt too small, and I couldn't feel individual fingers. Later today, upon thinking about it, what I felt could have been an arm bone or some foreign appendage. I keep doing this, pushing on the blanket, feeling more and more disturbed by what pushes back. I felt myself trapped in this dream. I couldn't wake up. It was odd. I prayed to Jesus out of instinct, despite not being a Christian. I managed to wake up, that very moment, feeling as though I was breaking free from sleep paralysis in a way. Interesting. with a human head I feel like I've as a kid kind of freaked myself out with stuff like this like going into an actual closet and then there like there's always a bunch of coats and things that uh, you know represent humans I don't know I don't know how you would say it like in terms of like a synecdoche a coat might represent a human because it kind of outlines a human torso and there's all sorts of things in a closet that outline a human like clothes i guess is is the word for it um but uh, yeah i would do this a lot as a kid where i just kind of go into a closet and then i'd think that i saw someone in there with me and this was this is not like a dream or anything i'm just talking about i would go into a closet awake and think that there was someone in there with me um yeah, so like, I wonder if, part of me wonders if this is not even a dream. Maybe it's sleepwalking, uh, and you remember it as a dream. Uh, alternatively, you could have had a similar experience with doing that for real as a kid, and now as you, uh, you know, you're just having a nightmare about it. Again, you don't really see if it's a dead person, but yeah, I don't think that we can really call this a seeing the dead nightmare. I wouldn't... Uh, I wouldn't chalk it up to that. Uh, yeah, but I hope you like my little anecdote about it. Um, pushing on things in the closet as a kid. Could be related to something like that. Uh, do we really know if they're dreaming? Studies have shown that the brain activity in rats while asleep may be similar to when they're awake, but does that indicate that they're dreaming? I looked it up and brainwave studies say they do yet we can't know for certain I think yeah fair enough we can't know for certain again maybe in the future and I've talked about this I think briefly previously but they have some uh, machine learning algorithms that are trying to map what thoughts look like so from the outside like on a not even a very precise brain scan I think just one of those like electrode things if they tell you or show you a picture of an apple or a real apple, it doesn't have to be a picture, and then they map out what your brain looks like as you're thinking about an apple, and then they have you know a pattern of code that represents what an apple looks like in thought. So, like in that sense, you could, in theory, make a program that can read thoughts. Of course. Our thoughts are way too sophisticated right now for a computer to be able to actually like map out all that detail of imagery. Uh, but it, again, maybe with like enhanced computational power in the future, this could be a possibility. Um, and you know, maybe we'll be able to get the final answer to whether or not our pets are dreaming.
This is a post by a user named Mastershake54321. The post is titled, Worst Nightmare I Have Ever Had. The post reads, So I had a nightmare where a guy breaks into my house, kills my family while I'm sleeping, and I wake up to get water. I walk in and see the bodies with the guy who I think I know. I freak out and run away. He grabs me very easily, beats the shit out of me, and prevents me from running, then kills me after I try calling 911. That's not the bad part. The techniques and mannerisms he used were exactly like my second grade teacher who did some shit. Now I can't sleep because I think I might actually happen. Uh, I, it might actually happen, sorry. I'm scared to turn off the lights and be alone. This is two days after the nightmare, and I remember very specific details of the nightmare. I've also had really bad deja vu recently that freaked me out. Hmm. So, I mean, here, this sounds like maybe you re maybe there's something about your second grade teacher that was a real threat that you're recalling. Um, it also sounds a bit like a being chased nightmare. Uh, and at first you also said that you thought that you knew the guy. And then later you do describe that he's your second grade teacher. Or you think he might be, yeah. So in a being chased nightmare, it's kind of like in the middle. That indicates that you're avoiding some confrontation in real life, either from another person or situation. Um, it's also being attacked, though. So being attacked is third from the bottom. Uh, you feel vulnerable or out of control in some aspect of your life. And also, when being attacked, the weapon used, the identity of the attacker, may be clues as to what you feel vulnerable about. Hmm. So maybe it doesn't need to necessarily represent the second grade teacher itself, but maybe something else that happened in the second grade that made you feel vulnerable. Or, you know, maybe there was... Like, like a test that you failed or like you were bullied or something like that and then your uh, second grade teacher is an allusion with an A uh, to that, right? Um, that's a possibility as well. Um, and you feel like you need to run away from whatever that encounter was mentally or whatever that situation was mentally. You love the username? We don't really know whether anyone dreams other than ourselves. Others could be hallucinating or perceiving dreams. I don't know. I don't know. This is a post by a user named correct underscore performer underscore 10. The post is titled Night Terrors Since Birth. The post reads, look. I know this sounds crazy, but my mom has told me I've been having night terrors since birth. Mom mentioned how one night she woke up to me screaming and crying in my crib, ran in to check on me assuming I was hungry and restless, and to her surprise, my eyes were closed. She woke me up and I stopped crying. She consulted our pediatrician who informed her that waking me up from these episodes was dangerous. I don't recall the reasoning behind this. However, she listened and would allow me to cry it out. This carried on throughout childhood, teenage years, and now into my early 20s. I remember most of my nightmares. Some have recurring themes. Others are random and tolerable to an extent. Some are absolutely unbearable. You'd think I'd be used to it by now, but I have so much anxiety before going to bed knowing that I'll be trapped in my nightmares, night terrors. I've never had a good dream or generic dream. Wow. They're all violent, gruesome, and disturbing. No known trauma besides one incident around six years old, after the nightmares began. I've tried two different meds, medication before bedtime, watching a happy show before sleep, other recommended nighttime routines. I used to drink myself to sleep in order to cope, and even use medicinal marijuana. But now that I've gotten sober, the nightmares have not subsided or eased up in the slightest. I've reached my limit of tolerance, and the nightmares have 
have been affecting my functioning while awake. These horrible nightmares have begun leaking into reality, causing depression and further anxiety. Please, if anyone can relate or has some experience here, comment on this post. Yeah. So I guess that wasn't an actual description of a nightmare, but I still thought it was interesting. I, I, I skimmed it before the show started. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel like I can't really add anything that you don't already know. Night terrors obviously are bad dreams that happen in deep sleep. Uh, and um, that's why you're able to move around. I, I'm curious to know when you found out that you had this uh, because you know, as as you say, like your mother told you and you were surprised that you've been having these since birth. Um, and yes, you're able to talk, I guess, vocalize, but do you move around as well? Um, that's one possibility. I mean, I see that there are people suggesting lucid dreaming in the comments below. That would be my suggestion as well. Now this is the thing, is that obviously most dreams happen during REM sleep, uh, and so I assume most lucid dreaming happens during REM sleep. Um, but of course, if it's if these are real night terrors, then they're happening during deep sleep. And it does sound like they are because you're able to vocalize. Uh, so I'm not sure whether or not lucid dreaming happens during deep sleep. I have no reason to think that it wouldn't. But another possibility is uh, hypnosis. So as I just did a presentation on it last week for Nightmare Theater. Uh, apparently, oh, was Night Terrors the one that it didn't work on very well? Yeah, but there was a study done where they hypnotized people to, oh man, they, they had three different nightmare disorders. One of them was Nightmare Disorder itself. One of them was Night Terrors. You know what, I'm just gonna bring that up real quick because that's really bothering me that I can't remember. I'll be fast. Um, hypnosis. Yeah, okay, I see it. Right, okay. Uh, unfortunately, sleep terrors are the one that hypnosis doesn't work on. So, yeah. So, yeah, basically in the study, though, what they found was that 71% uh, of people with nightmare disorder uh, benefit from hypnosis, where on well under hypnosis the the doctor will tell you like you're not going to have nightmares like that type of thing and uh, for sleepwalking that actually helped 50% of people but only one in five of the sleep or night terrors uh, people said that they felt better afterwards so only a 20% chance of that working I mean you could still give it a chance like maybe like a 20% chance is worth it and if it doesn't work like you've I mean, you have nothing to lose anyway. So hypnosis may be a possibility, but it could be a placebo. Uh, that's tough, but uh, best of luck with that correct performer. Um, I hope this person gets a therapist. Yeah, that might help. That could help. This is a post by Alina Stefira. The post is titled... I have nightmares every single night. Hi, I'm 17, soon to be 18. I've had nightmares every single night for the past two years. My first nightmare that was extremely similar to my recent ones happened when I was eight years of age. They aren't childish nightmares, and I rarely have nightmares that include monsters, demons, or any other non-human creatures. 99% of them are nightmares about getting kidnapped or murdered basically real-life scenarios that could happen to anyone. All of my kidnappers and killers are humans, people that look just like everyone else. Although I can't remember a lot of them, there are certain nightmares that I can, to an extent where I can recall every single detail. I could explain at least four of them at this moment, but I won't take up your time. In short, two of them included my... Okay. I'm gonna sorry. I'm gonna read. <laughs> I just realized I included another one in a row that was like not an actual nightmare. So um, let's read an actual nightmare. Sorry about that. <laughs> so this is a post by a user named Hunter Salt Twenty Four. 
The post is titled, My Scariest Dream Yet. The post reads, This nightmare started out as a normal dream that didn't make much sense. I was back in San Antonio on vacation, but this time by my 20-year-old uh, self and apparently leaving the hospital. So I walk outside the large windowed double doors and head into the sidewalk down to my hotel, which was a giant restaurant in it, had a giant restaurant in it. As I enter, I go and sit with two people I apparently know, and they're a couple. We order our food. See, this dream is normal so far. My friends tell me what I can order, which is some kind of pasta, so I do. We eat and head outside, except now, the outside is vast and slightly deserted except for a few seafood stands, with butcher knives and fish heads on display. One specific food stand thanks us for teaching them. Something. He doesn't know what it was, though. My friends talk about swimming, and I say I don't want to because of COVID-19. Then, I get a phone call from my mom saying I need to get back home. Your brother is getting worse. She says to me that the voice, uh, she says it to me with a voice that sounds like she's been crying. Okay, I say. So then he's back home, but he's not home. He feels like he's not very far away from where, sorry. I can feel like I'm not far away from wherever my normal home would be. As I'm now inside a room with my uncle Travis, brother Cade, and myself, the room has a giant dresser on the side with a mirror on top, two beds and wood vinyl walls. My uncle and I are on our phones. This is when my brother starts to have a meltdown and attack the wall and mirror. I go grab him and it's taking everything I have to keep him from hitting me or the glass mirror on the dresser. When my uncle talks about how ungrateful my brother is. This alone has me angry at my uncle in the dream, and desperately sad trying to stop my brother from hurting himself. The setting changes randomly here again. I'm now in a large white room with a staircase that goes up and wraps around even though no, there's no second floor to walk on. I'm here by myself for now. My mom calls and I pick up the phone. Thank you for coming back so soon. I found a new job and we really need your help with your brother. I tell her, no problem. The phone call then ends. It's here that I see my brother appear in my sight. The second I saw him, I could tell something was wrong. He looked absolutely pissed and sad beyond reason. He's having another meltdown. I jump down to try to restrain him, but this time, for the first time, I can't. My brother starts crying while he attacks me, attacks me and the walls. His face starts bleeding from non-existent cuts while his eyes turn colors, and I'm able to do nothing as I beg and plead. I tried to yell for help, but all I managed uh, was to exhaustingly wheeze out help as I realized no one here uh, can hear me because I can barely make any noise. I wake up. This is the end of my dream. I'm sideways on my bed, with an arm almost entirely behind me, and I'm seeing balloons above me. Turns out it was just a reflection on my roof. Okay. Hmm. So there's a couple things that I can allude to here on the interpretation chart. So towards the end, you had a silent scream, which is where you try to communicate but you can't. Uh, you can see about a quarter of the way from the bottom on my list here. Silent screams mean that you feel like you don't have a voice, or you aren't being heard in real life, or that you feel helpless or frustrated with some situation, which I think better fits what's going on here. And um, the, the other part, of course, is this feeling of guilt uh, in dealing with your brother. So. I mean, he hasn't actually died in the dream, but I feel like it kind of relates to this seeing the dead dream. So this is a third from the top, particularly the third point. Seeing someone who's alive in real life as a dead person can mean you feel guilty about an aspect of your relationship with them. So I know that he didn't die, but it seemed like it was almost going in that direction or slightly going in that direction with him, you know, bleeding uh, out of his face. Uh, and basically he's just very 
unwell. Like it's not a good situation. Uh, and the other reason that I think that this applies, even though he's not technically dead, uh, is that I do get a sense of like guilt as well. Like, like normally the advice that I would give for someone who has a dream about seeing a dead uh, relative who isn't dead in real life would be to communicate with that person or connect with them again because usually that's what your brain is trying to tell you to do. So the fact that in your dream, even though your brother isn't dead, the fact that your mom is communicating with you, like, please, like, come back home, like, please help with this, like, that indicates a feeling of guilt and a feeling, like, a longing, I think, to reconnect. And, yeah, and a feeling of guilt that you haven't done it as of yet. Um, whether or not that's accurate, obviously is up for you to decide and it may be completely wrong but <laughs> that's uh, that's the best I can do and I hope that you got something out of that um, let's do one more from reddit before I get into these submissions from viewers this is a post by a user named 7447 Dan the post is titled the siren the post reads okay so I live in a small town, and in that small town, there's a store next to the road, so me and two of my cousins w uh, were with me. There was a tornado siren, and wheels, and teeth, not siren head. The t okay, the tornado siren had wheels and teeth, okay. So the siren was searching for us and trying to eat us. We had supercharged swords. The siren found us, and we were trying to kill the siren over and over again. Suddenly. The siren killed us, and I felt my whole body hurting and vibrating. It felt like there was a siren in front of me, vibrating my whole body, and biting me after I woke up screaming. Hmm. My first thought here is that the dream is about Siren Head, even though you specifically say that it isn't Siren Head. So for viewers who don't know, Siren Head is like an internet uh, creation uh, sort of like mythology, like folklore, and it's just this super tall being who lives in the woods and has sirens on his head, and he can play like any sound in the world, essentially. So he can play like the sound of like your family members calling over to you, and then, you know, you like head in that direction and bad things happen. But um, yeah, I mean, like it, the, the monster in your dream is so similar to Siren Head that I feel like I would have to say that it's that it is even though it doesn't look like Siren Head looks it's probably Siren Head like you've probably been watching a lot of Siren Head media um, and I mean at the end like when you describe your whole body vibrating and uh, it biting down on you and you wake up screaming um, well that's I mean at first I was thinking that sleep paralysis because the, the sensation of the whole body vibrating as well as the um, you know, the loud noises or potentially like white noise, like that type of thing, that would be all very common, like hypnagogic hallucinations. Um, but again, if you woke up and you were literally screaming, like in the dream, then it would have to be a night terror. Uh, so those are all the comments that I have about that. Hope you got something out of it. And now I'd like to read a couple nightmares from a viewer named uh, Sedad. Uh, he didn't tell me whether he wanted to be anonymous or not, but I'll just read the first name so that way we're kind of at a happy medium. So thanks to Sadad for sending these in. And I don't... Oh, the title of this nightmare is Shadow Nightmare. The, t uh, the email reads, Although I had this nightmare several years ago, it's a dream I have never forgotten. I remember this dream better than the dream I had yesterday my most memorable dream, to say the least. The dream starts in a room I was in, big empty room with a large TV in the middle of the walk. To the right was a large window. It was a dark night and I was all alone by myself. I look outside the window and see a shadowy man or figure looking into the room, just staring into the room, trying to find something. I begin shaking with fear, but instantly go to turn off the lights in the room so he can't see. It stayed like this for several minutes before he left. For some reason, I decided to turn on a large TV. It turns on, and suddenly the TV goes to static, showing fuzzy whites and making a really loud noise. 
This scared the hell out of me as I tried turning off the TV with the remote, but it just wouldn't turn off. Uh, fearing the shadow figure would come, uh, or would hear, I, uh, and come, sorry. Fearing the shadow figure would hear and come, I kept trying and even went the TV, uh, even went to the TV to turn it off from there. The shadow figure comes back to the window. I see him staring into the room. My heart is shaking immensely and I can't manage to turn the TV off. I'm just panicking before I turn to the window and he's not there anymore. Instantly, the door to my room springs open and the shadow charges at me, causing me to wake. Really scary nightmare for me. Okay. Oops. So, there's actually something that I have for this. So, dark figure. A dark figure, it's like almost right in the middle. Just below drowning in snakes. Doubt or uncertainty about your future or experiencing a significant change in your life. And the dark figure can be human or not. Um, and I don't know what the significance of the static is. But, I mean, if it's if the nightmare is about dead or uncertainty, and maybe the, maybe the static could represent something that brings about the change faster, right? Because it's, you know, calling forth the shadow being to, you know, get you, essentially when you were doing pretty well of avoiding that change. So that's how I would interpret that first one ultimately is that there's some change emerging in your life or that you think will emerge shortly and that you maybe are trying to put it off and that the uh, rate at which that uh, new reality is emerging is accelerating. That's how I would interpret that nightmare. And I have another nightmare from you. So this is another one by Sadad. And the title of this one is Sleep Paralysis Witch. And the email reads, I'm not sure if this was a dream or sleep paralysis. It was quite a while ago, so I don't remember whether it was a nightmare or I was actually awake. It was really short. I'm sleeping in a bed, unable to move, which is why I assume it to be sleep paralysis. I look up to the ceiling and there was this very nasty, disgusting, scary witch hurling around the room, laughing and giving me an evil stare. I just kept looking at me and laughing as it circled around me before eventually it flew down and decided to charge straight to me. An immense fear, I closed my eyes and then opened them again and there was nothing above me. I can move now. That room I had slept in always had given me an eerie vibe and I had never felt comfortable in there. I felt as if someone was watching me each time I entered the room and always avoided it, but this time I was just too tired and decided to sleep. Totally irrelevant to the nightmare, instead releasing uh, to the eerie dream, but I'm not sure if I was hallucinating, uh, but on totally different day, uh, I was lying in the same bed and something told me to sit up. I thought, I saw something move under the blanket, so I just stared at it for a while, and then suddenly, something did move in there, which caused me to bolt out of the room in fear. Maybe it was a bug or someone, uh, or something, but the way the blanket moved seemed too large to be a simple bug. Hmm. So, I mean, that second part I really can't comment on, because, you know, maybe there is, you know, something up with that room for real, but... What I would say about the uh, dream, I mean, you say that you're not sure whether it's a dream or sleep paralysis, and it definitely seems like it could be both, uh, right? Because, like, an old woman is a very common sleep paralysis demon, um, especially because she's above you, uh, you know, looking at you with an evil stare. You'd be able to better identify if it was sleep paralysis. I mean, you were also paralyzed, or you remember being paralyzed. But uh, again, you'd be better able to identify whether it was paralysis based on, like, were you able, how were you able to breathe? Or do you remember that your breathing was good or bad at the time, essentially? So, like, if you feel like your breathing was constricted somehow, that could also indicate sleep paralysis. Um, but the reason I, I can also see this being a nightmare is that you've mentioned that the room itself was alarming to you for whatever reason. That room always gave you a bad vibe. So nightmares of course and dreams are based on 
well, in the case of nightmares, they're based on, you know, real-world fears and anxieties. So that's why I say uh, that it could also have been a nightmare, because maybe you you were so tired at the time, but you're like, ah, oh, I'm just going to sleep in this room. Uh, you know, you can't, I don't know where this room is, but, you know, it's, it was close enough, and you're, oh, there was a willing bed in it. It was like, okay, you know what, let's just get in this bed uh, and go to sleep. But deep down, your subconscious remembers that, hey, I don't like this room, right? So that's why, you know, it's definitely possible that it could be a nightmare as well. So thanks for sending that in, uh, Sadad. And anything in the chat that's new for me to take a look at? I thought I heard a door open in the stream. Don't do me like that. Don't do me like that. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to be it for Nightmare Theater this week. Let me move OBS. There we go. So next week, again, I don't know what the topic's going to be. I'm kind of running low on topics. Um, if you have an idea for a topic, feel free to email it to theforgottengrove at gmail.com or comment it right now. Um, also, if you have a nightmare, you can also send it to me. Thank you to everyone who's sent in nightmares so far. Uh, that's really what I want to get going here is just a little community of people who want to talk about nightmares. So I appreciate that. Subscribe and hit the bell if you haven't already. And I'll see you next week. Um, until next time, embrace the beautiful dark. <laughs>